Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, you're you. Today's guest is Ramin Nazer. Ramin was on the show not too long ago, maybe a year ago or so, and uh, I believe that episode is called It's Good Until It's Not. We kind of covered the same themes here, being distracted, uh, getting into all kinds of different things, getting really into it and then getting into something else and uh, psychedelics and a whole bunch of stuff. This was just a good hang. If you're interested in just like a good fun hang chat, uh, a couple buds just hanging out and riffing and rapping, that's uh, that's what we got. So Ramin Nazer is an artist. His page on Instagram is Ramin Nazer, A. Uh, R-A-M-I-N-N-A-Z-E-R. He hosts the Rainbow Brain Skull podcast, and he also co-hosts Mind Under Matter, Mind Under Matter pod with Shane Moss. He has a website. It's RameenNazer.com. You can go there, check it out. You can go to his Instagram page. I highly recommend it. All the links will be in the show description, show notes. Big shout out to everybody that leaves five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's what helps the show grow. That's what helps it get more visibility, get more exposure to conversations like this, and get more people interested in what we're talking about over here. If you want to go a step further, consider becoming a Patreon member, a patron, if you will. Join the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum. Get access to early release episodes like this one. Get access to bonus episodes. Uh, the Dosadelic Comedy Show, and also the Inner Sanctum Discord chat group where people all over the world are connecting together to talk about the things that we talk about on the show. Psychedelics, consciousness, reality, politics, culture, society, all sorts of stuff. And uh, of course, funny memes, as always. Uh, big shout out to all the sponsors. Going to mention them real quick here. And then all the links are in the show description, show notes. So just want to uh, give a big thanks to our newest sponsor, Being True to You. Being True to You is a coaching company that helps people prepare and integrate psychedelic experiences, navigate addiction and recovery. And their one-of-a-kind coaching, training, and certification program uh, is going to be starting on September 8th. This is for people who want to build a career helping others transform their lives in a positive way. Uh, so check out Being True to You. Being True to You is led by Deanne Adamson, who has a master's degree in counseling and also co-hosted by Dr. Dan Engel, a neuroscientist and world-renowned psychedelic expert. The course is designed for people who want to build a career in the psychedelic renaissance as an integration coach for personal therapists, counselors, facilitators, social workers who want to deepen their understanding of addiction, self-actualization, and psychedelic work. So if you want to learn more about Being True to You, go to beingtruetoyou.com. Say you heard it from Mike Adelic. The link is in the show notes, show description. Also, sheath underwear, the best underwear that you could get for men and women. They also have t-shirts. They, their t-shirts are amazing. I love their shirts. I believe they're made out of bamboo. They also have underwear made out of bamboo and modal. It's just like really, really, really comfortable underwear. And they have that dual pouch compartment technology that separates your man parts. So when you're, you know, going for a lot of heavy exercise outside, it's hot, you know, you avoid the chafing and the sweating and, you know, the things getting, got to take care of your parts down there. So sheath doing big things in the world of supporting genital health for men. 
They're also really philanthropic. Sheath gives back a lot. They help support, you know, veterans and homeless and uh, men's men's health, uh, mental health, and um, just a lot of really great things that that Sheath is doing. They're going to be one of the sponsors at our retreat coming up. Permission, the men's retreat that I've talked about on the show. More to come with that for sure. We'll keep you in the loop on how that goes. Really excited for it. But I love Sheath. It's literally the only underwear that I wear. They're amazing. I wear them to the gym. I wear them out. I wear them all the time. And their their shirts are great too. So they make stuff for men and women. And if you're a psychedelic person, you know, you're going to concerts, festivals, things like that. You know how tough it could be sometimes. They got that dual pouch. So, you know, you got a little pouch down there. I'm just saying. You could put two and two together. Sheath's the best. And uh, they got a money-back guarantee, so if you don't like it, you could just get a, get a refund. But you're going to love it. So the promo code for Sheath is Mikeadelic. You get 20% off. Check out Fungi Academy. Fungi Academy is amazing. They're, they're really helping people who want to learn about mushroom cultivation and psychedelic journey work. What is mycology and sacred mycology? These guys are, are truly revolutionary in what they're doing. They've compiled all the information that you could possibly want to know about fungi in one place, and that is Fungi Academy. It's, it's an academy. There really isn't another place where you can go to learn uh, you know, a full comprehensive overview and an in-depth, um, with in-depth rigor and, and attention to detail uh, in fun and engaging interactive videos, uh, workbooks. It's just, if you don't know anything about mushrooms or mushroom cultivation, and you want to get into it, this is the place to go. You get a big discount, 25% off with Mycadelic, and uh, I highly recommend it. And Ohana Kava Bar is the last sponsor that I'll talk about here. Ohana Kava Bar just makes awesome kava. Feel relaxed and happy and have some kava. It's great. I mean, they're, they're literally the best. I love all the products that they sent me. And um, yeah, check them out if you're interested in adding to your medicine uh, mixture. It, you know, some days I have a little microdose, some days I have a little kava, some days I have a little CBD, one to one THC. Like, you know, get your 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 medicine mixtures in in order to make sure that you're kind of feeling the way that you want to feel, and plug and play with what works. But Ohana Kava Bar has become a necessary component to my routine. So uh, I love their kava uh, tincture, their their pills, their powder mixtures. It's amazing. So check that out and use the code TIMEWHEEL for 10% off. All right, that's pretty much it. Without further ado, we'll get into this podcast with Ramin Nazer. There's also a video version up on YouTube if you want to watch our goofy smiling faces. So check that out. Uh, Hope you enjoy and till next time. Here it is with Ramin Nazer. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject the authority. 
Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. years or something you're changing from mycadelic to something else <laughs> well that's awesome that you guys had dinner i wish i could have been there um yeah i'm always changing something i'm always like this sucks i need to be different <laughs> me too like 10 <laughs> times before i wake up yeah but, i mean you went through the i mean before it was mycadelic we talked about it last time it was the libertarian sort of vibe even though you weren't full on it but that was more the brand and then it became mycadelic and now you're you don't even know where you're changing to it's just kind of a general feeling yeah i mean i i yeah i used to do a podcast with dave smith and it was called part of the problem and so i was doing stand-up comedy and i was like wow libertarianism stand-up and psychedelics and that was kind of the thing Mm. and then i started yeah i mean now i just feel I just released a solo podcast and I hate it. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, it's I I feel like I captured a thing in the past and I had an audience. Okay. So this is actually a good a good place to start because it's like this idea Oh, we're of, in the recording now? Okay. Cool. I got to put my filter on. We're always in the recording. Now I am a pure good boy that says nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you're on the wrong show. Right? <laughs> Um, there's this idea of like of getting uh, getting into something and then people tell you that you're good at that thing and then you're like oh great I'm gonna keep doing that thing and then there's a point where I'm trying to force or I'm trying to make that thing perfect but the thing that made that thing good was that it wasn't perfect oh I see yeah like when I mean this might not be a good example but didn't the Foo Fighters try to capture the original garage sound at some point, and then they went and rented out a crappy garage, but then they filled it up with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of recording equipment and it ended up sounding overproduced in the end because it's tough to be who you were again because you've moved on from it. So it's about finding a new place to, I don't know, be authentic again from the ground up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and then not when you don't know that, I feel like it's home base to go back to what you remembered was that good feeling. Yeah. Or that got you that success or whatever it was. And it's like, oh, I'll just go back and yeah, let me just dig through this pile of dirty laundry. Those those masks and clothes are still there. I'll just put that on. That works. It fits. Yeah. And you're a stand up, right? You would I mean before the pandemic and stuff. A no, little bit. So I no, I stopped doing stand up in 2017, and then. But you get it though. You get the um, the experience of doing a joke where the one time you did it, it worked because you were you you hit something in that moment, and then you try to capture it, and then the next ten times the joke doesn't work. But you're like, I know I can get it because it worked that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like capturing that 
that lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And then, and, but it's, it's also a feeling too. So I think that it's this weird thing and you do this a lot. You put this out in your, in your art a lot um, on Instagram where it's like communicating this kind of struggle between striving for the thing and then knowing that you have the thing. Mm. Or that you are the thing, right? I mean, I don't. What, what do you think about that? Oh, for sure. And I don't even. I don't even live it. I just articulate it sometimes. But I'm always striving for the thing. I'm always trying to find the. It's a weird dichotomy. Dichotomy of leadership with uh, Jocko Willink and Echo Charles. Good evening, Echo. Oh, yeah. Good do evening. You listen Charles. to him. Of course, I listen to Jocko. <laughs> I love Jocko. Hey, Jocko, why are you in the dark? So the enemy doesn't see me. <laughs> hey, Jocko, why are you looking over your shoulder to assess the enemy's perimeter? I can't even yeah. do a good Jocko voice, but I love I love strong characters like that. But uh, the point of that uh, thing is, yeah, you you try to find your voice and the the thing you're best at and can also get audience from or whatever. And then you get trapped by your voice, too. If it works, then you're trapped. If it doesn't work, ah, I'm fucking up. So it's just right. human condition. It's the Sisyphean rock that we always every day have to. Uh, am I doing good enough? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, stand ups fall victim to that a lot, too. Right. Like people laugh when Jerry Seinfeld just walks out on stage. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to do anything because he's Seinfeld and they know they like know what to expect from him. They're like, oh, I can't wait for that. Or there's even there's comedians that have like a thing, or at least there used to be like, I don't know, Sam Kinison. Like it was like you knew that you were going there. You're getting like the screaming guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Joe Rogan like, loves to talk about uh, Sam Kinison. Maybe not anymore, but I'm thinking of early. He Joe does. Rogan. You know, he brings him up still. Yeah. He's like, oh, that dude was wild, man. Yeah. The greatest that bit of all time. A... Of all time. It's the greatest <laughs> bit of all time. He's literally like screaming, going, oh, oh, oh. And I would die, man. <laughs> Me and my buddies would just die. And so people think that's not the greatest bit of all time, man. Fucking whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but that's his yeah. taste, you know. He just that that hits him just right, which I think I enjoyed that first Sam Kinison special at the comedy store or whatever. I, I forget what it was, but um after a while it just kind of fades away and it becomes part of an era. Is that the one with Rodney Dangerfield? Maybe, maybe the one he's wearing a hat. I think it's at Dangerfields, and he's he's like, oh, this this kid's a great kid over here. He's a crazy <laughs> kid, but uh, we're gonna introduce him. Hey, oh, someone throw out the trash. Oh, that's sorry, that's my wife's dinner. <laughs> I love Rodney, and Rodney wasn't even. Uh, I didn't know about Rodney until Simpsons. Actually, that episode of Simpsons with he's Mr. Brother, Burns, right? Mr. Oh, Burns' Mr. son. Burns, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, this is a great character. And then you learn it's just Rodney Dangerfield. You're like, oh. There's a whole actual Larry Burns that exists in real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the real version. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what else we're missing, you know, because there's greats of the past that aren't remembered because whatever thing occupies that instead. And then, uh, you know, you find out about him when you're 40 or 50. So I wonder who I don't know about right now that I would love, but I didn't I just haven't heard about. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love that. I love discovering new stuff that's been around. Cause I feel this like psychedelic feeling that like I somehow knew about it, but I, I waited until the right moment, like yeah. my higher self or something like the, there was a, a mushroom trip that I did. And right after the, the trip, my friend put on 
Radiohead moon-shaped pool on on record on an out, you know. And I and I had never heard it before and I love Radiohead, but for whatever reason I just refused to listen to moon-shaped pool. Weird. And I think my theory is that I saved it so that I could experience it for the first time on vinyl coming down from eight grams of mushrooms. I believe it. I believe that was your higher self, like purposely putting that aside and vacuum sealing it and then waiting for that right moment to do it. Because otherwise, maybe you wouldn't have had as good of a time. It wouldn't have unlocked the thing that leads to the next thing to the next thing to. I don't know. It's it's yeah. fun to get into the determinism mindset as long as it's good. If it's like my higher self has determined all of this to make the future great, then a determinism is good. But if it's like, no, the capitalist monster is crushing you and you were born in the class you are and you're determined to die, then it's like, oh, not as not as fun. Yeah, that doesn't feel so good. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's that that could be categorized, I guess, as like a woo thought. But that's I'm all about it, man. I'm all about embracing the I, I even cringe when people. I get a lot of LinkedIn messages from people that are like in the kind of psychedelic corporate world. Weird. I've never gotten I've never gotten one LinkedIn message that was not spam. They're all spam, but they're dressed very nicely. Lots of pantsuits and suits and stuff from human like pictures of human beings. Pictures of humans. Hello, sir. (laughs) Hello, podcaster. We have really appreciated your work. Actually, insert. Insert name of work, like, yeah, copy and paste stuff, yeah. Yeah, one of the, actually, I did get one real message, and it was just like, brother, when we record in, and it's someone I'd never <laughs> even met in my whole life, but they just spelled it B-R-O-D-D-A, broda, oh. when, we, when we record in. I'm like, what? Nice. Who's this guy? <laughs> on LinkedIn. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I get messages on LinkedIn from people that want to be on the show, and they're like from a completely different field. So, you know, it's spam, it's spam stuff. But um, but one of them I get is like, people are like, you know, psychedelics without the woo-woo uh, has been in like these companies that are trying to do things. And I'm like, no, 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 I like the woo. Yeah, me I too. Lo- I love the woo. I'm about the woo. The woo's what got me in the game. Yeah. I only- I'm not, I only- trying, not trying to explain it all away with science. <laughs> Is that a, that's a pretty good Shane? Is that a Shane? Uh, uh, I, there was a purple DMT woman that <laughs> came to me, and it was like, yeah, it's because it, it goes a little British at the end, but yeah, that was it goes a little that, British. That, at the end. that first one was good. I heard you and uh, you and Shane had an online little uh, scuttle, a skirmish or something. I imagine it was about anti-vax stuff, but I feel so terrible about it. I want to reach back out to him because I see so many similarities between him and I, but there's this one huge difference. And we and I think that we both become demons when we go on Twitter. And, <laughs> and I love quit, both of you. And I've quit Twitter. Good. And I feel so much better. I it's there's something really interesting about the mediums that we engage with and how, you know, and, and like the format, the, the structure of it, something happens when I'm on there and I, and I turn into like a different, a different part of me comes out that is a very like deep shadow part that I don't want to reveal. So yeah, we, we got into it and it's sad because I like, I felt bad about it and I like Shane a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I, I'm going to reach out to him. 
soon because I feel bad about it. So. What was? Do you even remember what the point of contention was? Was it about vaccine or something yeah. tangential to it? I remember exactly what it was. He wrote something about like the, the thing that anti-vax people don't understand is, you know, like I don't know something, 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 and the tone was kind of like assertive and and certain and sounds like you know, my boy, forceful. yeah, <laughs> yeah, forceful, like forceful. And I'm that I'm kind of that way too. So I retweeted it and I said the thing that you don't understand is that there's a lot of diverse opinions out there that don't align with anti-vax to lump them into one category is to be dismissive without nuance. And then he said something back. And then I said, I just believe in cognitive liberty and sovereignty and neurodiversity and things like this. And he's like, that has nothing to do with it. And then he called me, he's like, the psychedelic movement doesn't need another Q shaman. And that's when I got really mad. And I said, like this, something that bad about him it was just ugly man it oh was it ugly. escalated when it didn't it need to because the yeah. first thing you wrote like who could disagree with that it's it's true and i i kind of feel for the it, it's man how do i put this it's just there's a certain percentage of people that are not going to listen to everyone telling them to do something so we have to be very careful with how we're approaching messaging and Sam Harris did a whole episode about why why should people trust anything like and then he listed events that took place in the last, you know, 18 months. And he was like, oh, right. I forgot about that. Like the <laughs> the 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 mixed messaging, the back and forth, the whiplash that you cognitively experience between it. If I cared more, I could probably be susceptible to becoming very vaxy or very anti-vaxy or something but i'm just yeah i'm not even anti-vaxy baby yeah <laughs> i'm not you know i'm i'm like make your own choice you know i just uh that's i think that's that sort of that was that appeal to libertarianism do you do you know dave smith dave smith i think uh he did he do that guitar uh video like the john mayer <laughs> guitar uh no meme? he's there's another like guitar guy dave smith but he's uh He's part of the Legion of Skanks podcast. He's maybe I only know I know Luis Gomez as Legion of Skanks, and I know uh, I know Big J. I've met Big yeah, J. Yeah, Big J. Yeah, and I yeah. think Dan Soder is like not in Legion of Skanks, but he's like part he's like of an that honorary member satellite. Yeah. So it's kind of that group, but I don't think I know Dave Smith. Well, yeah. So so I used to do the podcast with him, and it was like we were both kind of just getting really excited about libertarian philosophy. The way that he explains things is very is in a very sort of um, certain and 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 assertive tone, mm -hmm. and I've I've sort of you know fit that mold as well, and I still carry that on. So that's the piece that I'm like still I'm still working on letting go or integrating because I'm just I feel like I've expanded into a whole different world, although I still hold that little nugget there. Yeah, know? and that's tough. You're probably holding a lot back. I know we are we're all holding a lot back because we I think most people don't want to upset people and yeah, we want to be understood and stuff. So it's like you're just holding it all back. But if you do have that like targeted abrasive thing in your personality, it must be painful to just always be like, oh, I better not say anything because then people are going to misinterpret me as being this. So I'll just I'll just shut up forever. 
No, I just say the thing and then I get in trouble. <laughs> That's what it is. I say the thing, I get in trouble and I'm like, and then I get grossed out by myself. I'm like, oh God, like I was high the other night just like listening to the podcast because what I did was I just recorded it and I just put it out and I didn't do anything. And I was listening to my uh, myself and I'm like, ugh, I was just disgusted. I was like, I sound like a whiny little, this is terrible. This is horrible. This is terrible, you know? Um yeah, because I think the, the, the I think what we all want to do is figure out the best way to communicate how we truly feel and what we truly think and be understood and received and not re- and 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 know that the intention isn't to like upset or hurt anybody. But maybe some people will get upset. And oh then, yeah. But then we could talk about it. Like if we can talk about it in a calm way. Um, but with, that only works one on one. It only works one on one. If you're trying to have a you know a conversation with you know a hundred thousand people or ten thousand people, it's just it's unfeasible. Yeah, you could spend your all day doing. You could spend all day doing it, but it's I think it's dumb. And yeah, I kind of oh, yeah, totally. like people that get in trouble secretly and publicly. I. I love the people that have taken heat a little bit. Not, you know, not Harvey Weinstein or something like, like who, that. who recently like um, recently. Let me think about it. Who took heat recently that I like a lot? Um, so, for example, I love uh, Chris Stefano. I love Giannis Pappas, oh, History yeah, Hyenas, yeah. Mark Norman, Joe List, hey. Tuesdays with Stories like all right. they all, I don't think yeah. they get lots of heat, but they could easily be isolated as clips and canceled and stuff. But let me think about that more. Um, I'm gay. <laughs> that's a great Norman. Yeah. I, All I, right. I appreciate Well, Joe, what'd you do this weekend? <laughs> uh, hey, um, yeah, Mark. I, uh... <laughs> well, I took Sarah to the, went to the cellar and wasn't any spots left. So, you know, I ended up sticking a whole pint of Sam Adams up my ass. And my dad's gay and my mom's fat and I hate myself. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there that's always been their thing. So I feel like they're sort of uncancelable, you know, because they've just always had that sort of um, ironic, like they call their fans the twos gays. Yeah, and, I'm a gay so for just, sure. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just baked in. I remember one of the things uh, early on when I was doing stand up in New York, Joe List came up to me and he was like, hey, that was pretty good, man. I, I've seen around, but I just always assumed that you stunk. yeah like see don't you love that honesty some people would be like i wanted to like mark but he said that he thought i stunk and he hadn't even seen me before so i was just really turned off by the fact that he thought that i might have stunk and you know fuck that guy he's stupid but or oh come town's huge one nick mullen i know nick Uh, yeah personally so like i have a i have that uh connection to it i already know he's funny and stuff but you know you can take any portion of a come town episode and be like oh man that's you shouldn't play that in the car with anyone so uh and i think about this line that chuck polinick had in one of his how to write books about like not making every character likable and he said i don't even like likable people and that Mm. resonated with me like there's such yeah. a pressure to be pure and uh, from both sides of uh, the everything, you know, on one side, you've got the pious religious, like don't, uh, you know, d- like a- or the attacking little Nas X for putting out his music video and the homophobia he gets. And then on the other side of things, you cannot say a single thing without uh, oppressing someone. You're ableist, you're not woke enough, the ultra woke or the ultra religious kind of uh, targeting people and saying you're not good enough do better 
be more pure, be like me, assimilate. And mm-hmm. but I personally don't really care for the either end of those spectrums. I kind of like real people. Yeah, and I don't think make a lot that of people... a clip. Don't make anything a clip. Actually, uh, yeah, make the whole thing a clip. The whole thing is going to be a clip. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is the first time I think I'm using this to record video, so I don't even know what it's going to look like. But... Zencaster's come a long way. It's kind of fun, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had an issue yesterday uh, with them. I was recording with um, James McRae, uh, from He has a page called Words Are Vibrations on Instagram. Oh, I like that. Are you familiar with no, that? No, I don't, I don't know, but I like He's the great. sentence. Check check them out. Yeah, what'd you say? I like Words Are Vibrations. Words I like... Are Vibrations. Well, they and... take on... <laughs> and well, what is a vibration? Well, it, you can visualize it as an oscillation between two points. And what is a point? Well, I don't have one. And none of us have any points. We're just here over the weekend because, I love well. <laughs> I love like the the over the weekend, the that observation that you made is so amazing because I've been recently getting back into some some Terrence McKenna talks. It's like it's been a while. So I, I dive back in. I'm jealous. And he's like, it's like uh, one of them is like five hours long and it starts off with, well, as we sort of wrap up here, <laughs> we'll just answer a few questions and then maybe I'll talk more about this over the weekend. But since you asked, I'll just go into a rap for four hours of meandering smashed on <laughs> cannabis yeah yeah me me you and michelangelo should get uh we should put together a night of too many terrences yeah a fundraiser fun. a fundraiser for psychedelic awareness donating yeah. all the proceeds to maps even though we don't have any proceeds no one's given us a cent and there even. are no maps there's only the territory of direct felt experience and what <laughs> is the felt presence of immediate experience well it's being here now it's feeling the rain on your skin <laughs> or if you don't even have skin you feel the pain of having no skin because your nerves are exposed to the air and it's rather painful <laughs> which is why i regret removing all my skin during our <laughs> our trip to Peru with my brother Dennis, and I told him, Terrence, don't take off your skin, and he just ran off. Uh, well, he took yeah. It's hard to oh, that sounded like Jordan Peterson. It's hard to do a Dennis. I feel like yeah. Well, well the thing about Terrence is oh, my favorite. I I was listening to a, a Peterson clip, and he brought up McKenna, and that like blew my mind. I love it really? when two uh, people I wonder if they had ever heard of each other have. So I'm like. I wonder how many Terrence clips he's listened to. That's awesome. J- JP's just sitting at home getting baked, listening to Terrence <laughs> go on about like the time wave theory. <laughs> it's bloody wrong. It's not the time wave. It's, it's hard. You, you got to start here and within your room where it's dark and bloody scary, <laughs> wrestling around with all these ideas and, and my know, Solzhenitsyn and. <laughs> Dostoevsky and my daughter Michaela and my wife Tammy in our hospital and <laughs> yeah he's a good example of a guy he's like I like what he says but he's so intense you know which one Peterson he used to be Peterson oh yeah be but so intense like he's giving those lectures and walking around and you gotta face it man you know like <laughs> to go back to what we started this recording talking about I really I really do like both 
uh, schools of whatever you want to call it, schools of motivation. Like, so you've got the, you've got to suffer and the Jocko Willink of good. Like right. you just lost your leg. Good. More time <laughs> to work on the other leg. Uh, just all the, it's all suffer oriented. And sometimes I really need to hear that. And then other times I don't want to hear about suffering. I want to hear about manifestation and ease and the magic of, of imaginal techniques and just being in a vibrational resonance with the reality you want to jump timelines into. And it's, it's weird because sometimes you're in one mode and then you want to like share it with other people and they're in the opposite mode. They're in suffer mode. They don't want to hear about manifestation and vice versa. So that's where it gets kind of tricky if you're trying to, you know, resonate with everyone because you're only going to hit certain people. With that yeah. Thought. And then I feel, I, I feel that I become different people the more that I'm exposed to. We talked about this a little bit on the last time that you were here. Was that and like 2018 a, or something? I think like that was like 1973. Yeah. <laughs> we were wearing bell bottoms and 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 Zappa played live. Oh yeah, and Jocko <laughs> wasn't even in Weather Report yet. It was still Alfonso Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, so I was. Lo- it, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What do you love? I want to hear it. Oh, I, I was just thinking about. I loved that in the 70s, jazz fusion would fill arenas, and now that would just be unheard of to even fill like a small venue but you go back and look at videos from the 70s like oh shit everyone was on board with jazz fusion yeah it was just where it was at not everyone a lot of, co- everyone, lot of cocaine a lot of cocaine rolling around yeah. a lot of heroin yeah i mean it wasn't all jazz fusion i mean you've got zeppelin and funkadelic and uh right. sly and all that stuff but um, yeah yeah 70s music. were weird music and, and yeah. the main colors were red orange yellow and a little green and yeah, brown. that we that weird like um like moss green or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Everything that, was like, that mustard color. yellow, burnt orange, like burgundy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then we went kind of neon in the 80s and then we went a little different neon, not quite neon, more like pastel but technicolor looking. And then who knows mm-hmm. after that? After that we're just and then stuck like, in our like phones. around like 2000 everything was like like the matrix and black and like hardcore Ooh. man wwe raw like yeah yeah post frosted tips post 911 sort of aesthetic yeah yeah, yeah. who knows which one yeah. we're in now cuz we're in an era right now and we're not even aware of it like these shirts could be so ridiculous in 50 years our hairstyles could be so like look at their beards and their hair like look what they were doing back then we're like hey yeah. we were normal well, they're going to be like, look, they had skin. Yeah, we had skin. <laughs> uh. Not a, a metallic alloy that covered all pores for allowing for maximum breathability. What if it was an all Terrence <laughs> episode, an all Terrence, all Jordan episode? I would love to hear them like have sponsors, you know, like it was like, and this talk is sponsored by sheath underwear. Make sure that you put your man parts in there <laughs> like they would i mean who does not have a podcast with ads i mean even obama hillary clinton everybody's got a podcast now and yep. i don't say that in the same tone that everyone says everyone has a podcast not that way i mean like in the this is where it's like everyone has a photograph of themselves in mm-hmm. 100 years ago only the top you know hierarchy of people had photographs of themselves cuz it was harder to get but now it's easier to get so everyone has a photo of themselves everyone has a podcast of themselves everyone has a sex tape everyone has 
uh, an incest uh, series on porn tub with <laughs> yeah oh yeah. you didn't know about my <laughs> my series i'm we're in season five now yeah it's first three seasons family. were great yeah fourth yeah. season was a bit slow but I, I was told it gets better my yeah my my cousins from from the the east coast come and <laughs> get involved they're hiding out from a hitman who's uh yeah oh i want to ask you you were asking me what are some like cancelable things i like what are some cancelable things you like you said legion oh, of skanks man. so that's that's a big one yeah i haven't i haven't they get a lot a of while. heat yeah i haven't tuned into them in a while but uh, every now and then i'll pop in just to see what's going on and um Oh, Tim Town is a great podcast. Timmy, D oh, Timmy Dillon, another good Timmy example. D. Timmy D. I just D. saw him uh, about a month ago when he came to Denver. Yeah. Yeah. He could like on Twitter alone, like you could point out like a bunch of things, especially in the the moments in which he says them. Like I could understand why so many people hate this guy, but I can't help but but recognize what a great broadcaster he is and the bits and stuff. And it's not always for me. I take breaks from it. I'll like not listen for six months to a year and then something will remind me and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I forgot how funny, how funny Tim is. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, sure I'd want to even be a friend of his in real life. Cause it sounds like it would just be a one, uh, <laughs> one directional sort of thing. But as a broadcaster, I mean, undeniably great. Oh, it's he's the best. Mm -hmm. uh, like early on in the pandemic last year, I felt like he just really hit a groove where it was like week after week was just insane. And I love that. I love people losing their minds like like live on air for all of us to enjoy and then doing it in a way that is really funny and absurd and then going to like he did this thing about like how uh, they announced that we're going to be pulling out of Afghanistan and he did this video, like tribute to like all the heroes and the warlords and the pedophiles and the the opium smugglers. And it was just like so wrong on so many levels, but fucking genius. Yeah, he dresses like, up as S Epstein's, you know, sacrifice temple for Halloween. Yeah. He's he's in that world. Yeah, I don't. So I don't really buy like I don't buy into this whole thing. I mean, like, it's just I don't I like buy into people, what thing? Like canceling and stuff, you know, I just, I think that like, yeah, really, I think we need it, man. Like we, we need to go in the opposite direction. We need more people just fucking saying the things that are on their minds. And I think it's happening know? regardless because uh, Andrew Schultz was kind of talking about it. And, you know, he said like, everyone's complaining about cancel culture and it's too sensitive. And he's like, you should be salivating right now. Like you, you're not actually going to get canceled you can actually develop a big audience being authentic and you you might upset a lot of people but you're going to have to accept that as part of the the deal if you want to be right. the the current version of what uh lenny bruce is or what a george carlin is or what a doug stanhope is um we're in 2021 now and so it's not like you can just keep the bar at what that was you have to challenge it in new ways and i i choose to not not go all the way in with that, not saying that I could hold up to the same level of the people doing that. I mean, Anthony Jeselnik, let's take that for example. Not everyone can be an Anthony Jeselnik. This is a, a perfect joke. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to love this joke. It's perfect. Like me. Yeah. Or, or Don Rickles or someone. Like you really have to develop that um, trust, I guess, that brand to be that. But oh, Andrew was saying like, yeah, you should be salivating because this is this is the time when it's sensitive. This is the time to be doing that at times when 
no one cares, then our show wouldn't do well because everyone is acting like that. So it kind of comes in yeah. waves, I think. There's probably going to be a pushback wave and then it things get really absurdist again and then it goes the other way and on and on and on. I mean, I just think it's it's like we love drama. You know, oh, we like need people it. but we we're pro, like that's biologically, I mean, we understand things through stories and through memes mm -hmm. and ideas and and like people love tuning into like, oh, what's the latest show that you're watching? Like what are you getting into? What's like your current, you know, entertainment like consuming entertainment look like and it's all these it's all stories and one of the the like IRL story is the cancel the people that want to cancel and the people that want to like defy the cancelers and say what they want it's like it's cool it's like that's the thing that we do i think as human beings is we get do. into those dramas and the it's 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 interesting it'd be it, like i wish people that were so hardcore extremists on one side or the other could just enjoy it a little bit more as a game. Yeah, but the thing is, we don't even know how hardcore they are because we're just seeing a little sliver of their identity on Twitter or whatever social platform we've seen them, uh, you know, express disdain for things that you and I might not find as disdainful because the comedy aspect of it. Joan Rivers, yeah. another one. I saw Joan Rivers like a few months before she died. And oh, wow. And she like she ripped on everyone like gays, Jews, Japanese, everyone, blacks, just just duh, 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 left and right. And she wouldn't even give a moment to to let people groan. She'd just be like, oh, oh, let me finish. No, I'm not done with the. I'm not even done talking about it yet. And she was doing that shit in what, the 60s or something? Like the, yeah. the only female comedian in existence. Yeah. That's probably not true, but you know, there's, there was definitely way less. She was like the, the, the number one though, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. I remember uh, Chappelle was on Rogan not too long ago. Did was that any that good? One? No, I didn't. I, I liked it. There was, I mean, you know, it's like kind of all of his, there's moments and, you know, but there was one moment where Dave Chappelle was explaining how he really enjoyed going into the alt comedy scene in the nineties with like Pat Oswald and um, Janine Garofalo and um, Bob Odenkirk. Janine's really Cross. good live too. And oh, probably yeah. on tape yeah. too, but I she saw used her. To, she used to be at this comedy club. I was at all the time in New York, just like doing sets all Tiger the time. Tiger Lily? Uh, Eastville comedy club. Eastville. Okay. What's Tiger yeah. Lily? Uh, it doesn't matter. Brian Posehn. So yeah, Ch Chappelle was saying how the cool thing about the alt rooms and the, and those comedians was that it wasn't so much about what they were doing, but it was about what the audience was allowing them to do. Mm. And like, it's like, take the risks, like say the things that are weird and crazy and go there. We want you to go there. Even if it's not perfect, we want to see you try. Yeah. And I guess it was a different, I mean, it's always a different climate, right? But more of the chances they were taking, I imagine, were like with with doing nerdy stuff and taking space, like Patton Oswalt being able to do a 15-minute bit about the Star Wars prequels with long pauses and stuff. You couldn't do that at the cellar with a, a, a group of people that have never heard of you before. So there is something to be said about that, like the space to hyper explore this nuance which yeah i mean yeah imagine having a, an all a show of people i mean fred armison already did it we were just talking about this the other day the the stand up for drummers show 
where he only let people in that could play a little paradiddle or something on a practice pad. So they had a bouncer at the front door like, okay, here's the sticks. Okay. All right. You're allowed in. And then he could just do an hour of jokes just for drummers. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, yeah, I mean, we could do that now. I mean, that's what that's kind of what having like an online audience is like, right? Like, it's just you've you've tapped into an, a niche. And, you know, like, we're all trying to tap into the niche that the best is like our tribe, you know, the people that vibe with what we're doing. So it doesn't really have to be for mass consumption anymore. But I think more more people that actually being, is bad, unless you really want to be one of those big people. But I don't think I have it in me to be like not that I could, but you know, being a Kevin Hart rock level person that's just everywhere. Like, do you think you'd want that? No, no. Like, not not, at not all. that even either of us. I know very clearly. I know we're not invited, and I know that they work very hard and stuff. It's not like oh, tomorrow I could go be the Rock or something. But oh, you didn't get the invitation no. <laughs> to be the Rock. <laughs> no, I couldn't even be his assistant. Like a assistant. formal wedding invitation. It's like all fancy. It's like you are cordially invited. <laughs> To become Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Please wear your tightest muscle outfit. And then have eat delicious cheat days in front of the smallest laptop you can buy. Why is his laptop is so does? small? Just on his Instagram. I think he'll... he's so huge, right? Oh, that's true. But but no, it's compared to the food. Oh, but maybe the food is big. But, you know, every week he has a cheat day because, you know, he has a specific diet to maintain the physical form he has and then yeah. um, he'll eat like 12 chocolate peanut butter cookies and like two large pizzas and a stack of pancakes and just one day a week he does that. and he posts it yeah or and he it's does always it live? no he posts a picture of it and it's always different and then he also posts a picture of the laptop that shows a movie he's watching or something he's like i love queen's gambit best show ever ha 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 and then <laughs> 27 cookies yeah and queen's gambit yeah uh-huh. but the laptop's so that would small be cool to be the rock that sounds fun and yeah. then Tom Cruise on the other end of the spectrum. I remember in an interview, talk he, he was talking about how he has a movie theater in his house. And the interviewer said, like, how big we talking here? And he just goes, it's big. Like, <laughs> so so big that he didn't even want to say the size of it because it would make people hate him or something. It's like, yeah. you think IMAX is big? IMAX is shit. I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time. Me neither. At least two years now. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. I used to love going to movie theaters, too. Did you like movie theaters? Oh, yeah. I, I loved everything pre-pandemic more, except for the... <laughs> I used to love everything. Yeah, everything yeah. pre-pandemic I loved more, except for that there wasn't curbside delivery. I like that curbside delivery is now a normal thing. And I like the the no fear of missing out that we experienced early on in the pandemic, where everything was shut down and the Italians were, were making sourdough and singing opera at each other from the balcony. But... Pretty much everything after that, I think it's kind of not, I, I'm not enjoying the franchise as much. I'm interested in what the directors are going to come up with for their next film series after the COVID arc. Mm, Perhaps we yeah. get nothing but more pandemics, though. Like maybe there's three more pandemics and we, we go from summers and there's always like just a when you thought <laughs> the pandemic was over. Things are heating up as the weather gets colder. <laughs> Pandemic 2022. Yeah. Doesn't this year feel kind of bland? It's kind of it a does. bland, bland yeah. year. Like yeah. bread that you bought like a week ago that doesn't have mold on it, but it's stale and you're eating yeah. it. Yeah. That's what this year I've is. noticed that. Last summer, I felt like I had so much more energy for 
fun and out like I was riding my bike a lot and avoiding Molotov cocktails. <laughs> yeah. Or throwing them was... maybe. I don't know. Maybe you were throwing no. Molotov cocktails. <laughs> well, I guess any chance I don't I judge. get to, to heave a Molotov cocktail, I'm going to take it. <laughs> but it seems like a lot of effort, you know, to to do that. So. Yeah. No, that was definitely I mean, you're not going to get a more eventful and non-eventful year as last year. I mean, historically that was such a wild turn we took. I remember when South by Southwest shut down, that was when I realized, oh, this is different. This is not SARS. This is not bird flu or whatever the the you know, the close call ones that was just in the news, but it never ever mm-hmm. nothing was shut down in the past um coronavirus adjacent things. But I guess Yeah, this is a Avengers endgame. It this is, is the, this is the one. This is the big one. Yeah. Man, that's kinda that's kinda cool the um, the the Marvel universe, how we're past Endgame, and now there's like a show called What If, like What If Captain America was eight feet tall and hated his dad and gay, and then I'm like, oh, I'll see that. That's great. Uh, yeah, what was? Yeah. <laughs> what if Tony Stark was a Nazi? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just get that. Or then, so you've got WandaVision, you've got uh, Doctor Strange multiverse, you've got Loki multiverse. It's all about multiverse and how everything is and is not. And there's like multiple versions. You imagine making that in the fifties. Like no one would know what you're talking about. People it's, would just turn turn the TV on. Their head would explode. Yeah, it's gobbledygook, <laughs> like, as Norm Macdonald would say. Yeah. So yeah, like a bunch of gobbledygook. Wait, Hulu, it sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. Sounds like he's got a bunch of whores in his trunk. <laughs> in other news. <laughs> I was going down a Norm rabbit hole the other day. He's and, the best. And he had like a, like John Stewart was trying really hard not to laugh. And then it was just when Steve Irwin died. And he's like, I got a call the other day from someone that said, you'll never guess who died. The crocodile hunter. <laughs> Yeah, but with his actual <laughs> delivery. Yeah. Yeah, I was like uh maybe it stinks. <laughs> what he had a great joke. I got into a lot of his old like weekend update stuff last year. I was like rewatching things. Uh he had some great ones, but No, he's special. Yeah. I remember seeing weekend update with him for the first time and just and loving that it wasn't getting a big response and he was just so his voice was so unique. I think that's what I like about comedians and anyone and what anyone likes about anyone for the most part. But like with, uh, yeah, Norm or with uh, Tim in 2018 or something, you know, the first time you hear people yeah, like or Brent Weinbach or and his is even more. Who's Brent Weinbach? Oh, you don't know Brent. He's my favorite comedian in the whole world. But his is really his is more his is characters. His has nothing to do with social political commentary although he, oh, he'll have I think it I know sometimes who you're talk- yeah but you know i know his stuff the the type of voice when you hear someone you're like this is different this is yeah this hits me instantly i'm not trying to find a way to like it or dislike it it just it's like a new color where you're like shit there's another color holy crap that's so cool i'm in yeah and yeah i, I find myself being more forgiving of if you've made me feel like that before then i'm i'm pretty forgiving of any missteps you might take in the future like with mm. keith richards was talking about uh muddy waters like any man that can make a sound like that is good by me for life yeah that's interesting i wonder if it's because like 
we enjoy people achieving their their uh, gifts and like mastering something and doing something really excellent. It's like, well, fuck yeah, good for you because I wish I could do that, but I can't and you can do it. So I'm really happy that you can provide me with that feeling. And yeah, you know, life's hard. So you might make some missteps and that's fine. Yeah. You're good. And it's not even about not being able to do it, maybe in an Olympic athlete setting, but as terms of expressing yourself as a as a human, it should inspire you that oh, I don't need to try to be like this person. There's something within me that is also special and that might help people and it might turn some other people off. Maybe it'll turn them off for this year and then in two years they like me because whatever they were going through. I remember not even getting Ram Dass the first time I heard him. And then a decade later, I was exposed to Ram Dass again. And then I was like, that's Ram Dass? That's the same guy I thought that I didn't care about 10 years ago. And now it's all I care about. Mm. So yeah, you yeah you you weren't ready at that time. I wasn't to ready. Receive it. Not even yeah. close. I was. I was. Not only have I not taken any psychedelics, I didn't even want to. I thought that I would become, you know, a, a tie dye wearing shirt stoner, and like my brain wouldn't work. And not that I was a Reagan Republican or anything like that. It was just a personal like. No, I specifically don't want to alter the the brain state. And yeah. then that changed because it gets boring on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to change it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ra- Ram Dass, uh I like his, his early days where he was still, he still has that like Boston accent and he's giving oh, spiritual there are no, talks. There are no you know? errors in the game. There are no errors in the game. You want chocolate? There are no errors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Errors in the game. I tried to, I tried to get over my neuroses. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm Richard Alpert, but I'm really, I'm Ram Dass now. I had a Mercedes-Benz, yeah. Cessna airplane. And yeah. Yeah. yeah and he, I lo- I, he, he's like, you go up and then you come down. You, so he, he got off the, the psychedelics was his thing. It was really interesting, actually. I think there's a, there's a chat. There is a chat between him and, and Terrence. Have you seen that one? Yeah, in Prague with the waiter. Like a waiter. The waiter yeah. is the fucking star of the whole <laughs> video. And I don't know if they hired him or if he's just like a hidden talent or if all the waiters there are good, but he added so much to that video. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Rom Dass, like the computer Rom Dass? <laughs> <laughs> they, I, I was listening to a Terrence talk recently and he was talking about how... Um, the spiritual dimension is a completely different dimension than the psychedelic dimension. I wonder if they covered that in that talk. I kind of want to go back to that because I think that was Ram Dass's whole thing was like, you know, you, you go up and you come down, you go up and you come down. You, you always want the thing and like getting the high off the spiritual experience. We locked ourselves in a cabin for seven days and took LSD every day. Mm. And uh, by the end, we hated each other. <laughs> oh really is that what happened there, on, yeah and one of the things maybe not in that specific cabin story but they they had you know artists musicians resources psychedelic space understanding and they set up that little community and then at the end of two weeks they hated each other that's yeah. just kind of it i could see how that ha- can happen yeah what if they did burning man with no end date just to see when it collapses naturally like okay no one ever has to leave you can leave when you want but we just want to see how this will naturally decompose if we don't put an end date on it. I would love to see that. I'm willing to bet it's quicker than most people would assume. Yeah. 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 I had, um, 
sometimes I'll, you know, I'm very, very much into the work of Charles Eisenstein and Chris Ryan and uh, a lot of these thinkers that are talking about, and I mean, McKenna talked about it, the archaic revival, you know, yeah. the sort of Chris like Ryan the hunter loves the archaic revival. He's all yeah. about the uh, hunter-gatherer society is where we had it that's, best. That's his thing. Yeah. He, he wrote a great book about it. And, Civilized to uh, death. I like that's that. Right. I like that book. Yeah, and and uh, I recently read another one called Sand Talk by uh, Tyson Young Kapora. It was really good. Sand um, Talk. What's that yeah, about? Yeah, it's great. It's uh, similar. He's an indigenous um, Aboriginal Australian writing about um, integrating into like westernized culture and the differences between his way of growing up versus our way. Oh, cool. I'll check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's really good. So I love that stuff and and I, I'm a big believer in it. And then recently I was on a four-day backpacking trip in the Colorado mountains, did 38 miles over four days with like 7,000 feet of elevation gain. It was intense. It was hardcore. And we're like, you're just out there. There's nobody else out there. There's no civilization. You're just out there. You don't even see other people out there. And by the end of it, I was so happy to get back to civilization. Mm. I was so happy to like get back. Like, oh, I was singing Jimmy Buffett's cheeseburger <laughs> in paradise as I was exiting the hike. Getting me and my buddy were like, we can't wait to get like the biggest burger and yeah. fries. And I can't wait to watch the finale of Loki. And I was just like so excited. And so it's it's interesting this like push and pull, or you know, like wanting to get back to nature and get back to the roots, but also. But wait, there's all this. I get it. Fun. I love both of them. I love sitting under a tree with nothing going on, no phone, and I love shopping malls. Not that I go to the yeah. shopping mall often or that I did, but you know, you go once every year or something, you're like, oh, cool, there's these stores and they're heavily marketing to you and they've got different Katy Perry songs playing in each one. And that one only sells candy and that one only sells shoes. And uh, how far we have come as a whatever thing we are even though it's yeah. so easy to target everything as evil and um it it is yeah. it is it's, evil it's, relatively evil like dumping all the stuff in the ocean and stuff yeah of course it's evil but also i'm what we're a little evil yeah we're made like, of we're a little evil as human beings like we're all a little bit like we all have that thing inside of us it's like all right who really gives a fuck yeah Just, i'm surprised we're know? not all worse i'm surprised cars are not crashing into each other more i'm surprised we're not dueling with pistols outside more i guess we've channeled it all into the devices which is maybe healthier than beating each other on the streets but they're still beating <laughs> on the streets as well but we're we're not let's go back to the time when things were simpler when people were beating each other in the streets in real life not on the screen yeah even we're so attached to our phones and our games and our technology man they're yeah. they're so good i love different games and different shows and um yeah i also have good friends that don't watch any tv and they're not even judgmental about it but sometimes i'm like did you see season two of mandalorian did you see i don't watch did you TV. see big little lies did you see little fires everywhere did you see mayor of east town and they're like we don't watch tv i'm like but the, the message the acting the yeah 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 totally yeah i mean i think that that is so I'm one. I'm I'm wondering maybe the spiritual. Maybe Terence has some has something to this dichotomy between or separation between the spiritual dimension and the psychedelic dimension. 
that the spiritual dimension is this sort of like ethereal astral connection with nature and it's quiet, silent, a different kind of tonality. And then the psychedelic dimension is like what we've created to a certain extent or what we choose to engage in and plug into, you know, mm. movies and drama and acting and novelty and diversity and different colors and lights and things. You yeah. Know? And don't be afraid to like stuff that is, you know, whatever, cringe. I was thinking about, you know, Jamie Loftus, the comedian. Mm-mm. So she's got uh she's got a great I mean, how many podcasts has she done? But she she gets hyper fixated on a write thing. her down. Yeah. And uh so she has the Lolita podcast. She has the Kathy podcast called Cast. She's uh doing hot dog summer right now. All, all these little things like hot dogs, you know, you could say hot dogs are bad, not good. Kathy, Kathy sucks, all, all this kinds of things. But she gets hyper fixated on a topic and owns it and researches it. And then you start to like the maybe not the topic itself, but you love that she's doing that. Like, I love that she has a Kathy podcast and is just Amazing. owning that and has the author on and everything and is kind of on a mini mission to like, hey, Kathy isn't as bad as most of us remember. Kathy is a punchline to most people, but I'm here to convince you why in its current setting, it was actually a very strong boomer feminist piece uh, sort of thing. And <laughs> amazing, um, you know, with, uh, I don't know if you like 311 or something, like 311, if you like uh, the X-Men cartoon or something, and you're- That's a grown- cringe? Maybe I don't know. I mean, what is cringe? Let's see. Yeah, what's what is something? I'm gonna, I'm trying to think about some things that I like. I mean, cringe maybe would be cringe is just what a 13 year old doesn't like, right? Isn't that what cringe is really? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's not like exactly what a 13 year old is into right now. Ugh, cringe. How could you say that? Like, I'm not trying to be friends with 13 year olds right now. I don't care. You can't even drive. You have a billion TikTokers, and yes, you can afford more than I can because you have billions of dollars. And but you can't drive yet, can you? <laughs> yeah, just just drive up to a bunch of thirteen-year-olds, be like, "Hey, you guys can't drive yet." Just think about that. Yeah, just drive away. But I would never <laughs> say cringe to someone. I just couldn't imagine no. being like, "Oh, that's kind of cringe." How do we feel about this person that said that? Are we are they on notice now? We're putting them on notice. They're cringe. So You're it sounds welcome. like you and yeah, you and I probably share the same uh, feeling where <laughs> we want blood. No, I said share, we, we, yeah, share the same blood. No, we don't. We share the same blood. We share the same feeling in the sense that when I see people doing things that are unique and weird and like you just expressed, it's like cool. Like keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm supportive of that for sure. Yeah, there's nothing really that uh, that I feel like I'm like embarrassed to admit that I like or wouldn't share because I think it's funny. Like, all right, for example, yesterday I was pretty high last night and I sent a video to my friend of like what I was doing online at the time. And what I was doing was researching my sleep chronotype. What's to a, see how I get a what's a chronotype? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I always need to like find out what. Like, I'm. I haven't been sleeping well, so I'm like, why haven't I been sleeping well? And I need to like, like think about it in my personal life. But then I need to understand like scientifically 
well, what's the best time to, how do I have the right supplements and the right sleep and what this and that, what's my brain doing? So I was like watching, like, why do I need to label the thing to understand? And, and like, why can't I just deal with it? You know? So I was like, I did this, uh, the chronotype is like, what kind of a sleeper are you? You know, are you somebody that naturally wakes up early in the morning? Are you somebody that's a night owl? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm more the night owl, um, as well. And so, so I was researching all this stuff, listening to Andrew Huberman and Matthew Walker, who wrote a book, Why We Sleep. And I just get into shit mm. like that, you know? Like, it's like, ooh, I, I'm like, now I'm going to like research all this stuff about sleep. And, it's fun. And, it's fun to like yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, human design charts, astrology. Um, yeah. I'm a manifesting it, generator. Yeah. Yeah. Manif- I'm MG too. Maybe that's why we yeah. get along. That's there we uh, go. a thing. Perhaps if I was a projector, we wouldn't get along. Or maybe we'd get maybe along not. even better. I truly do Who not. Know? Oh, no, really? No, I don't know. I'm not good at remembering <laughs> human design stuff or uh, But like as soon as you label it, like as soon as you label, like if you were like, I'm a projector, so, and I'm like, oh, I'm a manifest generator. So now we've like set some kind of thing yeah. where we're different or we're going to, or like, where's the bias and how does it influence? Does it like... Sometimes I try and stay away from all things and just go with like what I think and I'm just going to make up some woo story but it works. Yeah. I mean, why is that any more why is that any less legitimate just because there's less people that don't know about your specific model that you've constructed? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Do you know much about astrology and those kind of things? <laughs> So yeah, my, my girlfriend is, is very big into astrology and has told me multiple times what I am and all these things. And I I can hang on to a little bit of it. What are you? (laughs) What the hell are you? Yeah. Tell me what I am, (laughs) please. Just screaming into the void of life. Please tell us what we are. I think in a cool, trendy and aesthetically pleasing way. I think you're fire. Are you fire sign? Earth. Earth, okay. I see Earth. Yeah, I'm Taurus. Virgo. Virgo, interesting. My girlfriend's Virgo as well. Virgo okay. strive for what, perfection. What are you? I'm Leo. Okay. Yeah, it's Leo so season. So you had a birthday recently. Yeah, I did. Leo month. Leo birthday. Happy birthday. Thank yeah. you. I'm on, I'm on the cusp. I'm Leo moon, I think. Mm, see, that's no, where I was rising? sensing it. See, then anything I can put into the model of, yeah, see, that's why I sense you were a fire sign because you had it one place on your, but Noah Lampert learned it in like a month. He learned all of it in a month and he can give readings and he's done my readings a couple of times and it was real. He, everything he was pointing out was, it resonated strong and I was not under the influence of any substance or anything. And you were under the influence of Noah. Yeah. He's a substance. He is a substance. And he's one of my favorite substances. And I wouldn't yeah. change a thing about him because he's going to change a thing about him all the time. He's going to have yeah. summer of uh summer of Tucker Carlson, summer of hating Jordan Peterson, summer of Imaginel Technique, summer of crypto, summer of ass coin, winter of drugs <laughs> yeah. coin. He's he's making it happen and he's he's just such a unique uh guy. I love Noah self-transforming noahs yeah yeah <laughs> but i, I could love just, him too i could yeah, just I imagine get a reading from him i could just imagine someone picking a synchronicity podcast at random like from 2017 and just being like i don't resonate with this guy at all and then maybe you will in 20 
20 because he changes it up. Just recently, mm-hmm. he was talking about how he's tired of hearing himself say the same thing. So he's not going to keep talking about imaginal techniques or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I resonate with that and you do too, right? So it's like we get we get into something mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of like, all right, enough of that. Like, what is that? What's that? What's that like for you? Like, what do you have you been getting into things recently? All and the then, time. Yeah, I got uh, I got back into Star Wars heavily. And now I'm like on the then I exited yes. it because I didn't care about Star Wars forever. Because, you know, you like it as a kid, you have the toys and stuff. And then, you know, your prequels, you're like, oh, whatever. And then you kind of fade away. And then Mandalorian comes on. I don't know what made me want to watch it because I waited a couple years before I even tried it. But I tried it and I got sucked in, sucked all the way into that Mandalorian push. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I uh, then started watching the the prequels again because I wanted to get my fix. And then the prequels led me into the prequel meme world because the memes about yeah. the prequels are so funny because it's such a goofy <laughs> series of movies and then you watch Star Wars Theory on YouTube, which is this Canadian guy that's like Love that guy. really yeah. buff and like is a weightlifter. And he's like, what if Obi-Wan had killed Anakin on Mustafar? And then he just extrapolates like a whole universe of what would happen. And he also like, and it's not like he's that's his whole life. He probably does a hundred million other things, but he just puts those together so well. And people try to write things in the comments sometimes or like from one angle or another, like, uh, and he's like, well, don't we just want to talk about Star Wars, guys? It just yeah. talks about Star yeah. Wars nonstop. But then, you know, after that gets tiresome. So then, you know, you get back into Abraham Hicks. You get back into maybe just watching animal documentaries with David Attenborough and mm. on and on. Yes, here I am on the Canadian wilderness. The most a- Canadian the be- of all time. I can't do it right now. <laughs> That's the most Canadian moose of all time. I like when he does like it's like the lower voice where he's whispering. He's like, "This curious fellow is gathering wood. What's he going to do with it?" Do you? I'm here to report. <laughs> do you know Jeff Richards? Mm-mm. He's a comedian, very underrated. He does spot on impressions. He's got a great Attenborough. But the best thing he does right now is he does interviews on YouTube an hour long with like a deep fake mask on as the impression he's doing, but he's getting like giant names. Like he does a whole episode with Bill Burr, with Alec Baldwin, with uh, John Stewart, I think like just all these big, big names. And then he's pretending to be Robert Downey Jr. The whole time in a very subtle way. And then you kind of forget that, Oh, right. That's not even Robert Downey Jr. That's Jeff Richards pretending to be, him for a while that sounds amazing that sounds amazing i'm gonna check that out yeah i'm trying to i'm gonna have him on my podcast soon and um force him to do those impressions too yeah (laughs) i love forced impressions like people that are do good impressions or people that are channelers like you know you can't help but be like hey can you can you tap into what's his face right now i'd like to hear what they say from the beyond well you can always tap in or you can tap out (laughs) where are we ever going if we're tapping out The Alan Watts? Yeah, he's like, uh, it'll be like, so then, you see, how are those wiggly prickles and prickly wiggles? <laughs> he was always a little tipsy, like he doesn't remember a <laughs> yeah. single thing. Yeah. wiggles. 
Yeah, that is that's my my dream is that's why I love your Terrence observation of over the weekend so much because well, I just get to experience a little bit with Michael Phillip and and Jen. We went down to Austin and we had like a, you know, a party and a Yeah, panel. they said it was we great. Did, I wish I could have been there. It was so great, man. It was it was just great like being in a room with people and having that feedback, you know? And yeah, I was like throwing a couple of impressions out and then we took questions at the end and uh this uh Indian guy raised his hand. He's like, and he was like, "Yes, can you?" And I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do an Indian accent. And I think it's, I'm gonna give you approval to do it, not because I'm Indian, but because I was confused for being Indian growing up. Therefore, it's okay for me to do the voice. Maybe no. Okay. Yeah. Right. right. It's. I think it's a fun representation because it's an interesting voice. It has so much flavor and richness to it. So it's, it's a fun great accent. I think yeah, it's, it's Indian great. accent's gotten a bad sound. rap. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I love the I just love the sound. I feel it as more of an honoring of it. Yeah. You know? Like I, I love it. It and ain't all Apu. It ain't all that. Right. There's yeah. so much more yeah. to it. Oh, so yeah, much but, more. But so, what did the guy say? So he raised his hand and he was like quiet for a second. We were taking questions after the panel and, and there were some cool questions, and then this one guy raises his hand, he's like, Can you do the Alex Gray again? <laughs> And I was like, yeah. well, without my wife, Allison, here to approve it. It, would, it wouldn't be as, as authentic if I'm speaking of our creation at Entheon. <laughs> my wife, Allison, and I have chosen to interact a statue of our genitalia. <laughs> Representing the masculine and the feminine seeds of all creation, which is the purpose of being aware at all, which Allah says to be awareness is to look at our genitals in a larger <laughs> size. Only here yeah. at Antheon. I yeah. love just these people like you, you tune into them and you, you start to have a better day. It's like, what if the next 15 minutes I just viewed everything as though I was Alex or Allison? Yeah. Allison, well, if just, you want the business side, Allison's, yeah. Allison's a wonderful artist as well, but I feel like she's the, also the business mind too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's great. I, one of my favorite pieces ever is by her secret language. Yeah. The little white lines in between each symbol connecting all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is like this set just speaks to something about like Im impressions, impersonating, kind of like trying on different costumes of human experience. Like why you got so when you got sucked into the Mandalorian, like that must have been such an awesome feeling to have this amazing show just take you into its world and you get to live there for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people that like it, it's resonating with childhood. Maybe some people yeah. are discovering that universe for the first time, but in the behind the scenes of it, which I also watched, they were describing how since they're using a lot of the characters that are lesser known in the show to give it its own style, they described it as, it's as though your older sibling got all the good toys like Vader and Luke and and everything and you were just left with the second rate toys but you still had to create a, a universe with it with the ig11 or whatever robot the one from empire that doesn't say anything it just stands there and turns its head once like they build a whole universe around those guys and i think that's cool to make make stars out of the otherwise background characters it's kind of fun mm. 
Yeah. Did you get into it at all? Do you watch any of Disney oh, Plus? Yeah. Disney Plus World. Oh, I love Disney I'm a Plus. Huge, huge nerd in that respect. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars nerd, Simpsons nerd. Um, the, yeah, because Disney Plus has all the Simpsons episodes. Is it evil? Yeah, probably. Just, it's probably very evil. Do I still give it eleven ninety five a month? Definitely. That's how you oh, balance yeah, the that, probably yeah, and that. the definitely. Are they evil? Probably. Are they get right. my money a uh, month? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, yeah, remember that um of course, but maybe Louis C.K. bit that he did in like one of his specials, like, of course. Of course, yeah, slavery I, I is freak- the worst thing in the world. Of course, and then he, but maybe, <laughs> yeah, you don't get you don't get things like the pyramids or the iPhone unless you throw human suffering at it. <laughs> Something like that. That was there's yeah. It's like Disney, Amazon. Like I still order things on Amazon. I mean, I have an iPhone. It's like. We just live in this world. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know? do NFTs yet because I'm still uh, on the fence about, I don't understand the environmental impact of it. And also I don't like it. So I decided that I, since I don't enjoy it yet myself personally, I'm not judging other people that do it, but I'm also, it doesn't sound like fun to me. I would only do it for money. So if it's, I'm only going to do an NFT for money, then that doesn't sound fun. So I'll, Hold off for now, but perhaps it's mm-hmm. even better for the environment than selling books. Maybe me selling physical books is worse than NFTs. I was yeah. I mean, you could drive yourself mad trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I I saw uh, Mike. You know, Michael Garfield, right? Of course. We were just talking about NFNTs. Is that what you're going to bring up? I guess so. Yeah, he he posted something where he's like. I'm not into all the NFT things. I'm just going to post this here and you can just have it. Yeah, he said, he said, I'm going to, I want to make an, an NFNT, a non-fungible non-token. So it doesn't exist in the physical world and you can't own it in the digital world either. It just, it doesn't exist in either of them. And then I just reached <laughs> out to him saying like, we should collab on an NFNT. It could be non-fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't really... I don't really get it so much, I guess, you know, the whole like, well, you could own the thing. And I don't know. I mean, maybe some people are in that. It is the future. I don't doubt it's the future because Gary Vee says it's the future and he tends to be right about those kind of things, much like the internet was seen as a fad and so on. I think NFTs Mm. are here for good. And the only, uh, the environmental problem I think has to do with the Ethereum proof of work transaction uses up a lot of electricity. So something like that. So it's not even NFNTs, it's Ethereum and they're working on moving it to a new system and da, 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 da. da. So, uh, it doesn't really matter. And NFTs are probably great. The truth is I just haven't researched it. So in my head, it's not as fun because it's just images that someone owns and you have to auction and can't I just yeah, can't so I just like suck that... my own dick and die? What if I just suck my own dick and my own ass and died instead of having to make NFTs <laughs> and make that into an NFT? Yeah. You can do that right now. We can and we'll send the video out. We'll make millions. Do you do you know uh crap, what's her name? Taylor Taylor Tomlinson was talking about her manager. She's a comedian. She's got a oh, Netflix yeah. special yeah. and stuff and she was telling her manager the manager was saying to her you should do TikTok. And he's like, "What's TikTok?" and then describes TikTok, and then she just goes, "Oh, that just that just sounds like actual hell to me." And so eventually, just well, what if we 
clipped up your stand up and then put it out on TikTok and you never have to look at it. He's like, okay. And then now she's got over a million something TikTok followers and I don't think has opened the app once. Wow. So you can have I a presence. Get someone to do that for me. Yeah, yeah, you could you have so much video you could clip up into things and you've got a uh, you've got a lot of great voices. I don't know how much you use that and in your regular thing, maybe depending on the guest, probably some guests you're not as comfortable busting it out, and then other guests you're too comfortable busting it out, like I am. Like me and something with me and people named Mike, you, Michelangelo, like we'll we'll give each other the chance to be wrong at the impression, <laughs> but Oftentimes it's right too, and then you might find a new, a thing in you. But do you use it a lot? Just just when it's like organic, I feel mm-hmm. like. I mean, well, like I did a. I've been so I love discovering a new impression. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the so, new one. Yeah. So you, do you know Jason Silva? Yeah, yeah, he's a early Rogan guy that never tried psychedelics, but would talk about psychedelics all the time. He just—he's so fan. He's like he just gets into these things. He does sh- this this video called "Shots of Awe." Yeah, <laughs> and I I I did this in Austin because we were talking about wonder, and so Michael Phillip is like called you know he's the wonder dipper, and his crew is like the one they dip they dip into wonder. Yeah, Jason Silva is a wonder junkie. He calls himself, <laughs> so he's like I'm just fascinated by these mind blowing <laughs> concepts and these ideas that are just reaching out into infinity, as Terrence McKenna once said, the hyper object at the end of time, and how do we construct that into reality? That, <laughs> well, know, another video. Another thing I said was don't give in to awe. Yeah, right. And so that's his whole thing. He just goes and gets into these flow states and just kind of raps about whatever and captures it and puts on a video. And it's pretty cool. I feel like he just has kind of like one. Like I saw him on Clubhouse one day. I was in a Clubhouse room. Is that still happening? Oh, my God. There's still Clubhouse? Dude, I don't know. I got into it like... uh, maybe six months ago and I heavy like I was like this is really cool there's like a Terrence McKenna room there's psychedelic room consciousness this room that room like there were all these rooms and it was just really fun uh and then I got bored of it like real fast I haven't opened it up since I got bored of it instantly because I never got on board with it being called the rooms even i'm like this is clearly not a room this is clearly low quality audio coming out of this thing i already know how to listen to like why not just listen to a freddie mercury interview from from 1981 or something like that's going to be a better time than than these assholes whoever they are maybe these assholes would have been good but just every room i went to it just sounded like low level marketing yeah, things and that's what happened mm-hmm. That's what happened to it, because I I think maybe I was on right before that happened, and then every be everything became that kind of low level marketing oh, thing. And, so you caught and then it. People de- yeah, people developed that like all these like procedures and protocols, and they'd be like, "I'm Mike Brancatelli, and I'm done speaking." And like, <laughs> all right, thank you. Anybody else have anything to say? And yeah, point of personal privilege. Point of personal privilege. <laughs> Do you watch your mom's yeah. house at all? No, I don't. With no. Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. It's very funny. Yeah. They play clips and uh, any podcast is is fun when it's a lot of podcasts just kind of are this. It's like a, a cult slash friendship simulator and it's got its own language and rituals and nicknames for people and you kind of grow in that universe and you find yourself being like, oh, I wish I could use these terms with other people. 
And then yeah, people that I do listen could... know the yeah they know the language. I wish I could talk about how I'm a cum boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in, going to dinner with my girlfriend and, and another couple, and just be like, "Yeah, so uh, what? What if all you guys were gay?" There was oh, it's uh, St- Stavros was saying uh, his mother was on the phone. You know, his Greek mother was on the phone, like. You know, Stavros has a radio show. It's very popular. Uh, it's uh, called Kumtown. Kumtown. <laughs> and he's just hearing this over in the other room. Like, how do you, how do you explain what this yeah. is? It's. I love the absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. I love like the. There's like one joke. And it just goes the whole time. Yep, forever. And over and over. And, over. and it's like, sometimes I'm, I'm like, all right, enough of that. And then I get back into it. I'm like, ah, good to be back to imp- cool, good and very good impressions and scenarios. And I, I started this this other show, like, well, it's it's still part of this show, but it's more of a comedy element and definitely inspired by those guys. And how, because I- What's the other what, show? What, it's called Dosadelic. Dosadelic, okay. Like so it's me, yeah, it's me and and my friend Matt, and uh, and we just just feel like I have more freedom to kind of just be crazy and and. But one of the things that I was inspired by with Cumtown was like, oh, these guys create bits and just run with and do characters and stuff. That's fun. Yeah, like, that's really fucking fun. And it's not even planned. It's just it's just them hanging around being stupid. And a lot of the episodes are non-listenable. Like a lot of them, I just turn off. Like nothing's going on in this one. And but occasionally they 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 get such a unique, funny angle. And to to people on the outside, they might pigeonhole them as like, oh, this is a right wing thing, or these are uh, like edge lords or something. But I find that they. They kind of they go after Joe Rogan as often as they would go after an ultra woke person. Like anyone is fair game, truly. Like there's no allegiance to any sort of club. Like if you're ridiculous in any way, you can be made fun of. Even if you're not mm-hmm. ridiculous, you might just be like maybe they want to incorporate the Michael Douglas character into something, <laughs> and then it's not nothing that Michael Douglas. I'm did Michael wrong. Douglas. Yeah. yeah, I love that. One. Yeah. yeah, I love that's my fav- My favorite part is is these weird, ra- like I guess seemingly random characters that will be- get created in this environment. You know, so I think it was a like pandemic stuff was you know going on restrictions this that nothing's open closed and i just felt this pressure to like be like i want to just be a little bit more loose and have fun and what that's one of my favorite things to do is create characters and just say what if like what if this guy was doing this how many episodes in are you in with dosadelic 14 14 hell yeah so it's like left orbit then you're past the double digits me Mm -hmm. and me and shane started mind under matter as a as a similar thing where he was doing, or he still is doing his uh, science show. Here we are, and then I have Rainbow Brain Skull, which I got to have you on Rainbow. Have I had you on Rainbow Brain Skull yet? Do you want to do it no. again? Oh, you yeah, haven't was, done it yet. Okay, I need to have no, you on yeah, Rainbow Brain Skull still. So let's plan yeah. that next one, and then we'll cool. get even more Terrence if you're interested. And then perhaps there's always, yeah, yeah. So perhaps. I, so he talks. Perhaps to s- <laughs> you have to have a perturbed sensibility in yeah. order to dive in for longer. And longer and longer, and it just keeps going because it doesn't end. 
So yeah. he did the science show. I talked to artists and um, we found since we already had like good chemistry and we're already friends talking on the phone for like over a decade, we like, why not just actually make a, a show of just the two of us and then we can kind of market it as you talk to scientists, I talk to mystics, and then we discuss science concepts together and try to meet some middle ground or new insights or something. But mainly, it's just a couple of bros hanging out. That's what it's, that's what the real thing is. But under the mask of we're selling a, a science show. Well, I love it. It's great. I, I watched a little bit of uh, adulthood and tripping. Oh, cool. I think cool. those are two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really good production and graphics and everything and art. It's and uh, our editor is insane. To... We've got the best editor in the world, Matt McCool. Cool. Yeah. His last name is even McCool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is even cooler because yeah. when you have something in front of it, that accents it. Yeah. Yeah. McLovin, McCool. He's heard all of it before. It's old. It's nice. an old hat now. Trying to yeah. get some new hats going. But yeah, two people podcast are where it's at. I mean, Bill Burr does one with uh, Paul Verzi. Oh, he does? Yeah. B Bert Kreischer does that. one with Bill Burr. Tom Segura does one with oh, Bert shit. Kreischer. There's so many people who you might think are just a uh, stand up, but then they also have a podcast. But then they also have a lesser known podcast with their buddy. And then they also do one about fixing tiles on kitchens or something. Just no one. I gotta fix this fucking tile, dude. I'm, try I'm going crazy over here Monday. <laughs> dude, you know what? You know what I like to do? Sebastian, Who does that? oh, the, oh, Seba oh, Sebastian, Sebastian Maniscalco and uh, Pete Corielli. They, they're funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was washing my car in the in the driveway wearing a tank top. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, you're already Nothing. Italian. You've got it in you. I already got the Italian. My father dead. I want to <laughs> find my. I'm trying. What is he? He did. I love like, that. Uh, That's a great Sebastian. Oh, you like that? Yeah. You gotta. If I think if you slow it down a little, because he kind of takes pauses. Like I was telling Serafina the other day, Daddy loves you. To the kitchen, I said, "What are you making in here that smells like that?" <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, nobody gets this on any other pod. <laughs> yeah, that's Pete Corielli. <laughs> yeah, they, they say that like they, they have observations and then they always like cut in with like, you don't get this anywhere else. And Sebastian's yeah, new tour I, is even called Nobody Does This. Oh, nice. Nobody I like does that. this. Yeah, I try, I'm try, I try to find the thing. Like what's the thing that he does or says? I think it's the, the tonal thing for him. Like... I see the guy on the exercise bike. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he has that like. That's a big just one. Just do what we're doing. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Just do what we're doing. And it's infectious to the point where I even heard Seinfeld says that if he follows Sebastian at the comedy store or something, he can't help but do Sebastian, it just eeks oh, out. No way. And it then, comes into his yeah. Watch act, like watch some recent Seinfeld compared to old Seinfeld, and you'll see a very clear Sebastian influence. Wow, a lot of people they just he's infectious. Wow. Well, I saw I saw Tim Dillon, so I went to Denver Comedy Works and and saw him there, and his one of his op 
Yeah, his opener was this kid from Miami, like 22-year-old kid. And he had a Sebastian thing going on. He's like, he's like, I'm Cuban. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, when it was like, he had this, the rhythm, the cadence, the, it was like clearly influenced by Sebastian. He really had that. That's cool. Yeah. We all start, we all start ripping someone off. And who was it for you? Who did I start ripping off? I think I was, uh, originally I was a bit of a Mitch Hedberg clone. Um, then a little bit of Weinbach seeped in as well. And I mean, who else? Probably probably just those two. I was mainly a short uh, joke guy, but not as stonery as Hedberg or as funny. Just the the shortness of it, maybe a little more squirrely. But after that, completely original. And then my, you know, the most original voice in the whole country. Yeah, after that, I definitely. just found myself and then everyone else followed me. Yeah. And then everyone else just acting like I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I, I don't spend much time thinking about it. It's so weird. You you think about what other people are are aping, I guess. And like you hear in New York, there's a lot of Dave Attell clones still, especially before, but still just his his cadence infects people. Mm-hmm. You can't help yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. There's, if there's something you like about a way someone is, you can't help but be like them a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then just be, you know, being around those people, I think it's just like a natural phenomena of like you're around that. That's the thing. That's the energy, and it's it's kind of hard. Like, why wasn't EDM music popular in like 1970? You know, it was just like it w- w- wouldn't have fit. There's yeah. like or gr- like grunge, for example. Like, it was just like a tone of rock music at that time. It would have been hard for a band to break through that sounded completely different because it just wasn't what like what the the energy was or whatever. Yeah, we were still on hair metal and um, and new wave and stuff. Yeah, because the technology existed to produce grunge songs. There was still like the three piece band, the guitar, bass, drums, and it's not like you needed special uh, equalizers to get just that right Nirvana sound. It was yeah, culturally, it wasn't they weren't ready yet. We yeah, we're like re- recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not ready for this, but mm-hmm. your kids are gonna love it. Exactly. I got into Rush like really heavily recently because I watched a documentary on Netflix. The 2012 like, oh, wow. one or the 2112 doc? Uh, um, it was called ba- Behind the Gilded Stage or something. Rush Behind the Gilded okay. Stage or something. I like Rush, but Getty Canadians. Yeah. yeah, they're just like they're they're just like good, Pete, like honest kind of nerdy people like they weren't like doing a bunch of drugs and sleeping with a bunch of women they were just kind of like yeah we're gonna go and like play video games and they they toured with kiss and kiss was like what's wrong with these guys i i don't think (laughs) they're gay but why aren't they like taking advantage of these you know we've got all these groupies around all this blow and they're just they just go back to their room and watch uh tv and play dungeons and dragons or whatever Right. Yeah. And then their early songs before like the popular ones are like these epic kind of rock opera pieces of like the, you know, like we are the children from the stars, (laughs) you know, like like, things like that. And it's like, we cherish the temple of Osiris. (laughs) And you're like, well, all right, cool. Like what? I like seeing the evolution. And then they get into after their kind of like heavy rock and drum uh, period they get into kind of more of the keyboard 80s thing. So like 
it's just like, hey, this is what's around. This is like a sound. Let's experiment with it. Yeah. Man, Rush is great. And yeah. rest in peace, Neil Peart. Yep. And oh, you said his name right, too. Yeah. I, I, I've been saying it wrong for so long. Because it looks like then, Peart, man. Who says Peart? Yeah. Peart is stupid. But now that he's dead, I say it right. <laughs> yeah, respected dead. Yeah. What a, they sound, have such a big sound for just three people. And this is yes. fun. This is like such a dude episode. We're like talking about Rush and Come Town and that I one, know. the Rogan episode about- with uh, Dave Chappelle. And we should be talking about, you know, setting up sustainable housing for less fortunate. Right. Yeah. We are like periods or something. Yeah. Well, we talked about <laughs> periods get- in music. There's different we musical have, yeah. periods. What's the difference could- between a period that is a blood related one and one that's about <laughs> bloody music? have you ever seen kyle dunnigan and kurt metzger do their i love kyle dunnigan yeah they have a like a mini fake podcast called uh pussies i think it's called. no but see there we go again i i, I just said i love kyle <laughs> dunnigan and i have no idea what project he's working on and there's probably everybody has some project going on that i would not be into but there's another it's, project it's they, not a real podcast it's a fake podcast called Pussies, where it's Michael and Michael. It's Kurt Metzger and Kyle Dunnigan. They both play Michaels. And and they uh, this theme from Dawson's Creek, I think, plays is like the intro theme. And they, yeah, so it, it's, it's, re- it's really funny. I like it because it's, again, it's going back to the more like dude-esque version of the podcast. They're just ripping on things like talking about the end of Game of Thrones and, oh, you know, a lot of people are saying that it was Daenerys was on her period and, you know, we should have compassion and think about it that way. And so they're like spinning these, these things into like these <laughs> places where we shouldn't go really, but it's fucking funny. It's hilarious. I got to check that out. What is it called again? Yeah. Just pussies. Yeah. I think it's on his YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. That's funny. And yeah, he's, he's kind of the master of impressions right now. Right. One of them. Yeah. He's, he's one of them. He's, yeah. He's got a lot of good ones. His McCartney, his, uh, his Biden, his Bill Maher. I'm sure there's tons of other ones yeah. I'm forgetting, but and he's been he's been in, around for a while as a stand-up. I, I just mm-hmm. don't think he was uh, had taken off as much until social media stuff, which is fun yeah. seeing it flower out in so many different directions. So you've got like murder podcasts, you've got guys we fucked is like <laughs> one of the number one podcasts of all time, and you would have thought like ten years ago, like no, that's not gonna do. Well, but just little sections of uh, audience that you you just want to hang out with at that time. Maybe you feel like hanging out with your girlfriends. Maybe you feel like hanging out with the dudes. Maybe you don't want too much of either energy. You want a little bit of a mixed situation. Maybe you want to remove it from gender entirely and not even have to think about that. And then you're out in space and so on and so on. And I, I like all of them for the most yeah. part. Yeah, there's so much out there and there's so many ways that you can like augment your own consciousness or augment your experience by plugging into those worlds. Yeah. You know? So that that is one of the coolest things for me. And then it, it, like going back to that the spiritual dimension versus the psychedelic dimension, like we're both friends with Jessa Reed. Of course. And, love and, Jessa. And, and one of my favorites. Her, yeah, she's great. And I love her perspective and her language and the way she talks about all these things. And I can understand it just through different a different lens or i talk about it in a different way but it's like it's great yeah like live in that world live in that alien school like galactic federation world it's fucking 
amazing. And then I can unplug from that and go to something else that's completely contradictory of that. But I'm also like, but yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Like that's also, that too. that's also cool. Yeah. And that too, and that too, and that too. And we're not even, we haven't even gotten started yet unless there's a solar flare and all the electricity goes down or something. But I feel like we're just even scratching the surface of content creation. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is the meditative world is trash. (laughs) (laughs) The meditative world. It's funny to think of a world of like, you know, we've got the shirts, we've got the hats, we've got the apps, we've got the the drink meditation soda. It's the only soda you should drink after meditation. (laughs) It helps your just, uh, which I I play a part in that too. I'm not uh, outside of the, the world of Maybe not heavily, but I'll. I I say meditation is good. Of course, I like meditation. Do you meditate? Of course. I I also fall off the horse for months at a time as well, much like Duncan. Same. Yeah. yeah. I fall off everything for a while and then get back onto it. Maybe that's this episode's theme. Also, it's going back and forth between the extremes, falling off of one, getting onto the other, coming back to it, remembering why you liked it, why you had to leave it for a while, and so on. Yeah. So there's this book I love called Finite and Infinite Games. And I always try and remember it in the context of what we're talking about because it's like, and I hope that more people do. I hope more people embrace the the gamified element of this, of life, really, of reality. Because it's like, you, you would like to tap into things that have a definitive beginning and an end. But then there's also the the infinite of just like, yeah, this just goes on forever but while i'm here let me get lost in a drama for a little bit. yeah like, let me let I've me tap into to, something i've wanted to read that i didn't i forgot that book existed i remember like naval ravikant or someone re- recommended it but do you have any examples of what a finite and i mean a finite game is probably easiest one tic-tac-toe there's a beginning there's an end there's a winner there's a loser infinite game i imagine is internet playing Twitter or playing Instagram or TikTok, there's no end game. You just can make your yeah. surface area larger or your surface area can stagnate or shrink, but it's a surface area game, right? Like how many people know about what you're doing and like what you're doing? Yeah, so you get the finite game. So then the infinite game is, I always use the metaphor of at a concert when someone throws a beach ball in the air, like the point of the point of that isn't to like win the the beach ball thing, like yeah. slam it down and be like, yeah, I did it the hardest. Like some douchebag maybe will do that. But the point of the beach ball game is just to keep it going. Yeah. Like keep, how long can we keep it going for? So the infinite game is how long can we keep it going for? Like a finite game would be like you play an isolated game of football on a Sunday, you know, the Browns versus the Jets. That's the finite game. But the infinite game is keep, playing football keep going and doing that thing Ooh, the pandemic is a infinite game in that uh let's let's use both angles of this like the the powers that be want to keep it going forever and then yeah. the uh, <laughs> then the rest of humanity wants it to end and then they right. see it as a finite game but then perhaps there's some people that don't and by um powers that be i mean i have no idea because I don't even look at conspiracies anymore. I feel like I stopped conspiracying in 2017 or something. Just got tired of it. But maybe I'll be back in 2022. Well, yeah. I mean, like there's, I think the biggest conspiracy is that we're 
the conspiracy. Like we're in on it. Mm-hmm. We are. We're a part of it all. Like we create the drama of like what are the hidden things, and then it like takes on a life of its own, and the real thing gets distorted into this wild, fantastical thing because nobody likes the Sopranos just going to black. Like you want, like give me the fucking thing. Like the what's the end of this whole game you know and we need to know the big like sexy grand finale fireworks show thing and i think that's just like in our innate desire for story and good bad heroes villains but like yeah you say powers that be it's really just like the incentive structures that we live in it's like what makes more sense like for people that run that for all of us, like what makes more sense for us to do that's going to leave us better off? And I think more of us that have like a moral compass are like, well, I don't want to do that. That'll be shitty. But like, I guess I'm okay with getting my products delivered on Amazon. I mean, I'm willing yeah. to admit that, you know, but then there's just people that just don't give a fuck. Exactly. <laughs> just like, you know, but I don't even believe like, I don't even I can make money. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even believe what I said about there's a powers that be trying to keep the pandemic going. But one could argue that there that maybe there is a, a powerful group of people that want to kill people. Maybe they want to reduce the population. Maybe they want to reduce a specific segment of the population or it's the opposite. Maybe there's uh I don't know. I was just trying to spin something there, but whatever. The lizard well, people yeah, control I mean, everything just, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like I I I think that's cool. Like I got into that early on, like the idea of like just, you know, like the Bill Hicks joke where he's like, you know, I think when you become president, like what they do is they sit you down in front of a screen that has a different angle from the JFK assassination. <laughs> and then they, they and then they just roll it up in like a cigar smoked room and they're like, "Any questions?" You know, yeah, and that's like that's funny and cool, but I don't really think that that's what's going on. I just think that it's like all of our desires manifest into a world of material ab- abundance where we're like we could do anything. So like, w- like why would I not do a thing? Oh, because it's gonna fuck those people up. Like, yeah, but I don't even see them. I don't even know them. They're just like numbers. So yeah, my, you know, and there's like corporation, the board of directors. It's like these companies become these things that aren't run by human beings it's like it's whatever's good for exxon to make more money you know what if they are the next life form and we are the little cells the same way that our cells are like cycling in and out of our body like exxon is a entity and it cycles human cells in and out of it but it just wants to eat it needs to have eat. have you seen we need you to watch rick too. and morty of course seen all of it it's the one with little regular jeans regular jeans Wrangler jeans. That's season four, maybe season I, three. I think it's four. It's like like Rang like the the aliens that are gonna attack the earth are sponsored by Wrangler jeans. <laughs> and they're like <laughs> so it's like it's like they just had to like Wrangler like and Wrangler jeans has an agenda to get everybody wearing Wrangler oh, jeans. I remember. And, yeah. It reminds it's me like, of there's this sci-fi book where they're they're reaching out for this complicated sing- signal coming in the far reaches of space and then in the end it it ends up not being like the universal higher intelligence but rather a very high marketing message like so it's a very complex entity but it was a marketing thing for them so i love that that's not a i love a great way of describing (laughs) it but it's something there let's see here oh we should start wrapping up if that's all right Um, of course yeah no it's not how long do you normally go for 
hour uh, two hours like, yeah about, about this time okay yeah. cool so let's yeah, yeah let's start getting tying tying the bow on the experience is there anything so, you say at the end well i was listening to a terrence talk recently and he's like well we're getting towards the end so it's time to start tying together all the loose threads and getting all of your curiosities to live further <laughs> because we're not rapping. We're going for another six hours and I'm smashed. <laughs> Loaded as one might say. Yeah. I heard him say smashed recently. It was really funny. I was like, Oh, I never, yeah. He normally says loaded. Yeah. yeah. You think smashed wasn't invented at the time. And you're like, Oh wait, they're using smashed then. Cool. He, he's prophetic, man. He did. A, he invented a lot. He's like in, 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 40 years, there'll be a comedian named Ramin Nazer who will imitate me <laughs> and use Instagram for art. And you're, like, you're like, imagine you were listening. And you're like, you just heard that. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? Man, like, and he's brought Man, so he many of right. us together. Like, he's probably not specifically Terrence, but that whole crew, the Terrence, Alan Watts, the Ramdas, whoever, like I, I feel like probably you and I and Michelangelo and Jen and Colin, we probably wouldn't know each other. Maybe we would, but I feel like we connected based on shared interests of these characters and then somehow found each other and have developed these online friendships and yeah. offline too. the online that have become offline as well. Yeah. And offline is great. We're going to, we're going to do something here in Denver and we're going to do something in LA um, like a, you know, podcaster party, uh, thing. So hopefully we'll get to do that live. Oh yeah. Uh, or we'll get, we'll get to hang out live, but yeah, as a wrap up, maybe that's a good, maybe that's a good place to, or a good point to kind of go into is like that. Those were my influences. I'd say McKenna Watts, Ramdas, uh, Robert Anton Wilson, Joseph Campbell, Oh, Joey and, Campbell, so good. How did I oh, how did I leave his name out? The JC. Yeah. So wh what should people who what wh what should we tell people to go? I I watched a Russell Brand video the other day. So this is inspired by Russell Brand. He tells people to go and find certain clips of these of uh he said go find certain clips of like Terrence talking about things and it'll blow your mind. What are some some great clips that you could remember or people that people should be searching or, or looking Man, for? so I always think it just totally matters at what you're resonating with at the time because I might recommend like, oh, you got to see Jocko talking about getting up at four in the morning. That's what you need to hear. And some people don't want to hear that. I don't even want to hear that right now. But I am on an Abraham Hicks kick this week. By the time this comes out, who knows? Maybe I won't be. But per uh, uh, current me is aligned with that and maybe the listener will be too but search abraham hicks and whatever thing that is bringing you unease at the moment on youtube like let's say you're very anxious right now search abraham hicks anxiety maybe you're depressed maybe you've got financial woes relationship woes physical woes something like that i bet it's going to unlock something in you it's got that magic tarot power of like oh shit that's exactly what i needed to hear from this lady from san antonio that channels an entity named abraham wow 
tells you yeah. to get into the vortex and you're always near the vortex so just get into the vortex but what if i'm out of the vortex then get into the vortex but what if i think about something outside of the vortex we'll step back into the vortex and then enjoy being in the vortex i like when i'm in the vortex when i'm in the vortex i feel comfortable when i'm in the vortex i feel like i can do anything when i'm in the vortex i like people more when i'm in the vortex people like me more when i'm in and so on yeah awesome thank you ramin this has been great dude good talking really to you appreciate and then you we'll see you on. on rainbow brain skull let's get that uh scheduled in and get an episode if you're if you're interested let's do it cool. let's do it for sure go uh rainbow brain skull f- uh where else do, do people go oh that's it i mean i'm most active on instagram currently and it's just my name ramin nazer and uh yeah thanks for listening everyone stay mycadelic king everyone keep that you really want you really want there to be like an end thing right? yeah keep on micing that delic until next time yeah. all right double down on your delic mics yeah. peace <laughs> bye bye everybody hey hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as i did remember to check out all the sponsors the reason why i have sponsors is because they help support the show so they're paying me so uh, they that I can keep doing what I'm what I love to do, which is providing this show for you guys. And if you see something that looks cool, looks interesting, uh, check them out and uh, give it a try. And uh, you know, you know me, I, I only take on things that I feel that are really good and that I use myself. And um, yeah, check them out. Being true to you, sheath underwear, Ohana Kava Bar, and Fungi Academy. All the links are in the show notes, show description area, and you get a good chunk uh, percentage off for most of them. Uh, just uh, put in the promo code Mikeadelic and uh, follow the instructions. Check out the links and b- consider becoming a Patreon member. You know, I, I, I probably wouldn't have ads if everybody, uh, if I had a lot more patrons. So consider joining uh, the Patreon community. I really want to build a community there with, uh, with more interaction and engagement. So uh, more people we have over there, the better. Right now we have a pretty good crew. And we, we talk to each other in the Inner Sanctum Discord chat, so you get access to that. When you, come, when you become a patron, you get access to bonus episodes, Dosadelic comedy episodes, and also early release episodes like this one. Uh, so check that out. And uh, the least that you could do, I guess, to support the show is just tell people about it, share it, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Of course, always get in touch with me if you uh, want to chat about anything that you heard on the show or anything at all you can email me mikeadelicpod at gmail.com you can message me on instagram mikeadelic underscore podcast i think and (laughs) and that's it uh until next time much love peace